0: Hey, this is Kate from Minneapolis. I'm Adam from Montreal. I'm Tucker Campbell from Anchorage, Alaska. The Sound of Young America is produced independently and supported by listeners like you and me. You should support the show like I did.
1: Just visit MaximumFun.org slash donate. I'm Jesse Thorne. Live on tape from my house in Los Angeles, it's The Sound of Young America from MaximumFun.org and PRI, Public Radio International. It's The Sound of Young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. Uh, My guest on the program is the novelist John Brandon. Uh, He's a professor at Ole Miss University, and his new book is called Citrus County. It's set in Citrus County, Florida, which is a uh, simultaneously northern and southern part of Florida, physically northern and uh, culturally southern, a place where there are no beaches, and thus uh, people have not bothered to... um, Uh, turn it into Orlando. Um, It's uh, the story of uh, two middle schoolers and a middle school teacher and a horrible crime and uh, uh, basically the the feeling of being lost in one's life, um, either as a a very well-justified adolescent or as a maybe slightly less justified almost 30-year-old. John Brandon... uh, Welcome to the Sandy Young America. Thanks a lot. So, can you can you describe these the three main characters that are are at the center of the book for us?
0: Uh, yeah, like you said, the the uh, one adult is Mr. Hibma, and he's a middle school teacher. And uh, I I tried to teach high school a few years ago, and I, I lasted <laughs> a semester. Um,
1: wow! Didn't even make it through a year.
0: No, sadly, no. Um, I, I just kind of quietly crashed and burned, you know, and just, just <laughs> knew that, that I wasn't going to make it. Um, the kids just ran all over me and, uh, I, not one minute of any day did it feel natural that I was doing what I was doing. Um, but you know, I really just couldn't do anything ab- about it and just, it just, I guess left a bad taste in my mouth. So a couple of years later I started writing Mr. Hibma and, uh, I'm sure it's partly based on that, uh, which is rare. You know, usually your characters, especially the central characters, it's so hard to say where they come from to unpack it all. It's just a, an amalgamation. But this one was, I think, pretty directly uh, influenced by my own experiences. <laughs> um, but Mr. Him is different than me in that he he stays in there and fights. You know, he really wants to be able to be a teacher. He doesn't understand why he can't be. He knows that he... <laughs> is probably smarter than the other teachers, but they're just so much better at it than he is. It's so hard for him. But, he's, you know, he stays in there and he keeps trying. And he, you know, he also um, gets by with some dark fantasies. Um, and, and he can do things that I never could do and say things to people that I never could say. Uh, so he he was fun for me to write um, for those reasons. And then the the kids, Toby and Shelby, I mean, who knows about them? They, uh, I. Possibly you. I, yeah, yeah, if if I don't, I guess we're lost. But, um, they, I grew up not far from Citrus County, two, two counties south, uh, Pasco County. And, um, just as a real general, general thing, there just was nothing for young people, you know, I, but I didn't have a bad childhood or anything like that. But there was this, this sense every day of like, well, what are what are we going to do? There's just all these old people everywhere. Um, and then some other teenagers, uh, anybody with any wherewithal in their 20s would leave. You know, that's kind of maybe that's sort of changing now. Um, but it, it, you just always felt like you weren't supposed to be there. Um, so I, I think at least at, at the level of the foundation, maybe that's where Toby and Shelby came from.
1: You, um, you know, a lot of writers like to write about uh, like to write about what they know, right? Like they like to write about their their hometown, or you know, they're writing about uh, literary gadflies in New York City, or whatever it is. Um, and you seem to have decided to uh, write about what you kind of know the the thing that's the thing that's a little that's has some separation from what your experience was rather than you know writing a story about life on mars or writing a story about um life in the county that you actually did grow up in
0: yeah yeah that that's the uh that's the space that i like to be in where uh i know it well enough to know the energy but i i don't know it so well that i my my imagination has nothing to do you know, i i feel hemmed in if i if I know the place that well physically, or or if you have a lot of, to me if I if I have a lot of emotional attachments, then that that gets in the way. It clouds things. I can't just freely imagine it the way I need it to be. Um, so yeah, I I grew up um, a couple of counties from Citrus County, but never lived there or anything. But um, I used to drive through it between uh, Pasco County and Gainesville when I was in college. Go you know driving to Gainesville and back. There, there was nothing to stop me. You know, you just drive through. But every time I drove through, I, I would think uh, that the, I, I could use this as a setting. You know, I was very young writer then, but already thinking there's just this there's this weird energy here that I can't figure out at all. But I bet if I tried to figure out, figure it out, you know, uh, that that would lead to something good.
1: You were, a, you were a high school teacher. Um, why did you choose to make these two kid characters um, middle school
0: aged? Um, that's a good question. I haven't thought about that in a while, but that was, a, that, that was something that I, I had to think about. I, I think I wanted them to, to still be where they, they had some claim to, to childhood and then some claim to the adult world and then part of that was probably because uh, ge- like we're talking about geographically middle schools like that kind of in between high school and 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 elementary school which have to me more distinct feels and then there's just this two years where you're absolutely lost you know you're you're in between the two things um i think that that interested me more maybe
1: It's it's quite literally liminal. It's in the middle. It's middle school. (laughs) It's, you know, the, the, I, I feel like we can't, um, I feel like we can't really discuss the book that much without at least revealing the, uh, the big horrible thing that happens about maybe 40 or 50 pages in, which is, uh, that, uh, Toby, the, um, one of the students in the book, who's sort of a, um, who's sort of a loner a little bit of a lost loner type um kidnaps the the young like four year old sister of shelby who's a sort of more bookish achievy uh loner type
0: yeah um to toby is uh he's not wanting to be another of the thousands of um kind of petty delinquents that citrus county is is full of uh, you know, doing their, their small vandalisms and, and such. Uh, so so he, he gets filled with this idea that he is better than them because he is more evil. You know, he can achieve a higher evil than them and, and set himself <laughs> apart, kind of prove himself to himself. Um, and then the opportunity kind of comes along because there's this girl, Shelby, who he obviously is very interested in, um, you know, if he was 25 years old, I guess he would just ask her out on a date or something, but he's just very confused by the fact that he likes her. Um, and she seems to like him, which is really terrifying to him. Um, and, uh, somehow he, he cracks the idea of, of kidnapping her younger sister, um, you know, as a way to just act out and who knows. Um, And then, you know, pretty quickly realizes that it wasn't a great idea and there's really not much glamour to it. And it's really just a lot of chores. Um, And he just kind of, you know, goes downhill from there, I guess it, you,
1: the other big thing that's going on in his life, besides this sort of uh, adolescent romance and this kidnap admit he's perpetrated, is deciding to become a pole vaulter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, right. Well, he, um, like I say, after after he does this deed, he you know he starts to regret it immediately for a few reasons. You know, first of all, it's just so much work. Um, somewhere in there, I guess regular old guilt, you know, will start to creep in. Um, his response to this is to to try to sort of become a normal, um, you know, student. It's kind of, you know, his, his storyline, I guess, is kind of mirroring Mr. Hibma's who wants to be a normal teacher. You know, so Toby just starts, starts, his new program, you know, starts to become, well, I want to I get B's. And nobody will really <laughs> notice that. And then I have to join a sports team like everybody else. And then, you know, nobody will notice me and uh, just kind of do do everything in a middling way that everybody else does. Um, so, yeah, he he uh, he still somehow ends up, you know, pole vaulting, I guess, rather than running in the relay. That's that's more interesting.
1: <laughs> it's sort of like David Letterman started a scholarship program at Ball State, I think, as his alma mater for yeah. like for like students with GPAs between like 2. 5 and 3. 2.5 and <laughs> 3.25 or that something true? like
0: that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he felt like there wasn't enough scholarships for people who were okay.
0: Right, right. Yeah,
1: absolutely. It's a underrepresented group. More of my conversation with novelist John Brandon when we return on The Sound of Young America from MaximumFun.org and PRI, Public Radio International. The Sound of Young America is supported in part by Ask Metafilter. Thousands of life's little questions answered online at ask.metafilter.com and by Smith Micro Software, makers of Stuff it Deluxe, designed to move files simply and securely wherever customers want them to go. For Mac and PC, online at stuffit.com. Coverage of the world of comedy on The Sound of Young America is supported by Humber College, offering a two-year program dedicated to comedy. Students learn stand-up, improv, acting, and writing skills, and perform in the heart of Toronto. At Humber, we make funny people funny. More information at humbercomedy.com. It's The Sound of Young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guest is the novelist John Brandon. His latest book is Citrus County. It's a novel about some lost adolescence, and he himself had a lost adolescence. I wonder how how did you how did you feel as an adolescent um, growing up in Florida in a place that I I can't imagine had a, a you know a buzzing and exciting literary community. Where you could find lots of great mentors um, Maybe like a mall bookstore
0: Yeah um, Yeah, I mean th- Thankfully I, I had a kind of Pleasantly uneventful childhood That I No I,
1: kidnappings
0: Right, no, I mean I, I would, I would uh, wish my childhood on, on anyone um, uh, But then, yeah, I guess the other side of the coin was there wasn't, there wasn't anything going on That you could classify as culture Just not anything um, it's, uh, you know, everywhere is, 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 strip malls nowadays, but I would, I would go out on a limb and say that, uh, Newport, Ritchie, Florida is the strip molliest of all, <laughs> you know, and they're, and they're all like middle of the line, kind of 25 year old strip malls just everywhere. Um, and so, yeah. I mean, what what I ended up doing? I, I played just tons of sports when I was real young, and then somewhere around I guess. And you're
1: a big athletic guy, too. I should point out for those who for those who who are hearing you speaking in the voice of a sweet, friendly novelist, uh, you are a strapping man. Uh,
0: big still, if if not athletic anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, around you know ninth or tenth grade or something, I. I kind of lost interest in in playing a lot of the sports i guess i um i have mean, everybody's got competitive streak for some things, I guess just sports wasn't wasn't what mine was for um and i and I started reading a lot and uh we we lived very close to to this mall um like you say, and it had a it had one of those little Walden books in it um which probably is think walden books is out of business yeah that sort of thing is probably extinct but if you can think back to how there'd be a mall and there'd be an orange julius and and everyone and there'd be this tiny walden books and um i used to go go up there and and steal books from the from the walden books to take home and read um and if you you know if you if you remember how small they were it was like there was bestsellers uh the hugest bestsellers and then there was uh classics Um, and then, and then magazines, basically some cookbooks. So, and I had no idea what to read. I mean, I had no real, really guidance, you know, in that area. Maybe most people don't when you're ninth or 10th grade. Um, so I would just grab anything and three quarters of it. I could not understand at all. You know, I, it would be, um, philosophy or um, old German philosophers. I wouldn't understand a word, but I would just read it, read it all. And, uh, it wasn't costing me any money, so I would, I would just, you know, kind of skim some of them and just get another one.
1: I mean, it's, it's, it's surprising to me to hear the story of someone, you know, going to the bookstore and stealing books as an adolescent who isn't, like, stealing, like, oh, Jack Kerouac, you know, like, or, or, like, Hunter S. Thompson.
0: Yeah, if I did, it would, it would be an, an absolute accident. You know, <laughs> I one, one time I, I, I got um, American Psycho. You know that was a big enough book to, to be in the Walden books, and that that sort of blew my mind at that age. I just thought, "Wow, this!" So you can just say this in a book. Like, <laughs> holy cow! I mean, that was probably you know eye opening. Um And then when I got more wherewithal, then I would when I got one that I knew was good, I would just read all there was of that person. You know, and rather than just keep randomly. So you know, I'd hit. Dickens and just read a bunch of Dickens and like you say Kerouac at some point um maybe you know 11th 12th grade I, I hit and then you know read all of his stuff and got infected with wanderlust of course from if you read Kerouac at that age you know couldn't wait to really couldn't wait to leave newport Ritchie after that
1: you mentioned the wanderlust that in, infects the teenage jack kerouac reader um, you wrote these, you wrote your first two novels, Citrus County and the previous one, Arkansas, um, uh, largely while being like sort of semi itinerant, um, after college, tell me like what, what your life was for the years after college.
0: Um, well, my, my wife now, my girlfriend at the time, uh, we, we were, we were all done with college and everything. And, we ended up living in Chattanooga, Tennessee, which is a, a really nice place. Um she she had a you know, a jobby job and I, I was just uh doing a little adjuncting and then working at um factories and stuff, temp work. And it was it was fine, but we were we we started thinking this is it's not over, right? It's, this isn't it. We, we it can't we can't just stay here forever. So um She as health professionals can do, she she signed on with one of these traveling companies, um, you know, like you've heard of traveling nurses and stuff where they send you somewhere every three months. And so we said, well, sure, let's try this. So we started doing it. And um, this this was when the economy was really, really good. So we could just blow into town. She'd have her, you know, her job waiting on her in the company. I would just go to the temp agency tell them, you know, I'm not picky. I just want to work. And the next day, usually I would be, you know, at a warehouse or something. It it was so easy. And, um, you know, we just stay there for, for three months and, and, uh, we just had what we could fit in, in our two cars and then pack up and go to the next place that the, that the company sent us.
1: Um, did you, did you in doing this in, in moving every three months, you feel that kind of like you feel that kind of almost adolescent sort of weird dislocation and alienation just from not having just like not having friends that live in the same place as you.
0: Yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put the word alienation on it though. Cause it, there wasn't, it wasn't that there wasn't that much that was negative about it. I mean, it was mostly, it was mostly fun. Um, really,
1: because I've like every every time, like when I've moved, like I remember just moving back from college, moving back to uh, San Francisco where I grew up when when my most of my friends had gone to college elsewhere and lived other places or moving here to Los Angeles when I moved here to Los Angeles, even though I was with my then girlfriend, now wife, who I love very much. We get along like gangbusters. Um, it still was just like, oh, my God, like you just realize the first six months that you're there. Like, I don't know anything, I don't know anyone, like, I don't have any control over anything, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, uh, The I, I think the fact that you knew that it was only going to be three months helped everything. Uh, it, it made it where you could just focus on everything that was positive, because anything that was negative, you're leaving in three months, so it doesn't really matter. I mean, that's kind of what allowed me to, I guess, to you know, get up at 5.30 in the morning and go to the warehouse. A lot of days it's just if you have that light at the end of the tunnel, it's you can sort of put up with anything. Um but also knowing that it was going to be a different situation in in 3 months because you know we like you say we we'd be kind of in the middle of nowhere sort of for for one of them and it it would get a little bit like that. Um but then, you know, the next one would be in los angeles and we'd have a few friends or the next one would be in uh you know we'd do one down in, did one down in florida once you know and be around people so it's you know the loneliness is just it's it's there but you know something else is gonna come along and then we we just kind of felt we had that vacation mentality the whole time to just looking forward to the weekend and going to to do everything you could do in that area because we'd probably never be back um so, I mean, I think it was mostly fun. But, yeah, when we got to Oxford, it was nice then to feel like you could attach yourself to someone. You know, that that's another thing that happens when you're only going to be there three months. You just don't you kind of keep to yourself a little just for the fact of you're just going to leave. So it's you don't really want to put yourself into starting a bunch of friendships or anything. Um, the, you know, it's nice in Oxford to just be able to, you know, carry on normal uh you know, relationships with people.
1: John Brandon, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the sound of young America. Thanks
0: for having me. It was fun.
1: John Brandon's uh, wonderful new novel is called citrus County. It's uh, available now in bookstores from McSweeney's. That's our time for another sound of young America program. I have been your host, Jesse Thorne. The show is produced by speaking into microphones. Our music is provided by Dan Wally. The show is edited by Nick white, our producer, Julia Smith. You can find us online at MaximumFun.org, where you can download all of our programs a thousand percent for free or subscribe to our free podcast in iTunes. If you'd like to know what I'm up to on a day to day basis, and let's be frank, why wouldn't you? You can follow me on Twitter at twittercom dot We'll talk to you next time right here on The Sound of Young America. The Sound of Young America is supported in part by Ask Metafilter. Thousands of life's little questions answered online at ask.metafilter.com.